All right, today's daf is Psachim daf nun gimel. We are on nun beis amid beis, about twelve lines up, Rabbi Eloi. So, continuing just for a few more minutes, the discussion of shmita. So, the halacha is you're not allowed to destroy shmita. So, Rabbi Eloi cuts kafniyas of the shvius. He cut a palm tree. There was a branch from a palm tree, and there were dates on it, and he cut it, and he basically destroyed it. So the Gemara asks, Hechi Avarachi, how could he do it? The Pasuk says, You have to eat it. You cannot destroy it. By the way, if you are in Eretz Yisrael, in a year or two from now, when you're going to see Shemitah products, you have to eat it. You can't waste it. There's a way to throw it in. Let's say you're done with your oranges. You can't just chuck it in the garbage. You have to, whatever's left over, some people put it in different bags. There's a whole process how to get rid of Shemitah items. And therefore, if you're drinking Shemitah wine, make sure you finish your cup. Lahalacha, uh, whatever is normal. So it's, if it's normal to leave over a little bit, you're allowed to do that. There's a shaila regarding Havdalah. The minag is to, to have it, you know, to, to overflow your cup of wine when you make Havdalah and you want to use it to extinguish your, your ner. So many hold you not allowed to do that with Shemitah wine. You should use other type of wine because that is not, uh, that is called destroying it. And la'achla amarachmana v'loy lahefsid. There's an interesting shayla regarding wearing, uh, using the, the, the wine of Shemitah by the Dalakaisis. So one question which we'll get to in Avi Psachim is, Ein oisin mitzvah is chavilus, can he use Shemitah, where there's a mitzvah to consume it, la'achla, can he use it for another mitzvah? But the, the other point is that there's a minog during the second kais, to pour out a little bit by the ten makais or by the maya chayi, different minogim, so you're not allowed to do that with the shemitah wine. So some parts can say, okay, so use a different, different type of wine. Other parts can say, what do you mean? There's a mitzvah la'achla to drink shmi, sh, wine of shviyas. I'd rather you do that and forget about this minog of uh, pouring out the wine by the ten makar. It's just an interesting uh, debate. Okay. Either way, the question was... Is, is, that, is that really a minog? No, so that, that's their point. So um, Rabbi Malamit holds, no, don't, don't pour out the wine. You're better off drinking the Dalar Kaisis with Shemitah wine. There's not much of a makar. Maybe we'll get to an Hilchus Pesach <coughs> of pouring out the wine. You don't really find that in earlier sources. So therefore, I'd rather you do la'achla on the wine and don't, uh, don't use a different, don't use your American Kedem grape juice for your Dalar Kaisis. You're better off drinking the yayin of Shemitah. Okay. Well, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't the minig itself become a normative use of the wine? That's his point. The point is that no, that's not. But either way, the minig has to be the achila minig. You're right. Some make that argument regarding havdalah. And those parts can, let's say, you could spill out the wine to get, to get rid of your flame. We you could overflow your cup. A shaftamayim, the and people do that by havdalah. It's a weak debate. It's a, it's a weak argument because the Torah says la'achla, whatever's a normal way of you eating it. That's not eating it. You're, you have a minnow to pour out, to extinguish your havdalah candle with your grape, with your, with your wine. That's not called la'achla. So that is why la'achla, I wouldn't do that. I would use a different wine. If you want to, it's that minnow, which is brought on the Ramah, to use the wine to spill out your, to, to extinguish your havdalah candle, that is a real minnow brought on the Ramah. So then you should not use your yayin of shviyas. Okay, let's keep going. So the question is, how is he allowed to do this? Perhaps that's only mutter. I mean, that's only usher to get rid of the fruit when we're talking about fully developed peras. But if the fruit has not yet 
developed, why? There will be no iser of getting rid of it because the Torah says pre, fruit, and this is not called fruit. It is not yet ripe, and you could in fact get rid of it. You have these husks that are surrounding these date fruit. While they're young, the Arla, if it's considered, that it's considered Arla, Asiri, you're not allowed to have Hanna, meaning the first three years of this tree's life, the fruits are Arla, and therefore the, the husks are also considered Arla. Now, why? Since it's considered a Shemer, it guards the fruit. And what point in the growth of these dates? Is it considered a shamer leperi? That's only bekufri when the dates are not yet ripe, while they're still you know young. Yet the you still see that the Tana calls it fruit. So you see, we consider it fruit by Arla. I would imagine we consider it fruit by Shemitah. So why are we saying there's no iser of getting rid of the fruit of Shemitah while they're not yet ripe? What do you mean the halacha applies by Arla? We should assume it applies by Shemitah as well. So Rav Nachman Amar Kerab Yaisi, Rav Nachman holds that no, he holds like Shitas Rav Yaisi, which is the meaning. The meaning there's a machlekes. It's not Rav Yaisi. I'm Smada, which means a small bud of of grapes. Aser Mibnei who Peri Upligirabon Nalai, and they're going to argue on him. So Rav Nachman said this Shita like Rav Yaisi holds that even if they're not yet ripe, they are still considered Peri. That's by Arlo. That's my Shemitah. However, Rabbi Eloi held like the Rabbanan. Who argue in Rabbi Yosi and hold that smadar is not considered peri? The Gemara says maskeflor. Rav Shimon ben Arda, Rav Shimon ben Arda asked the following question: Who me plead your Rabban Nalei? Did Rabbi Yosi, the Rabban, argue with Rabbi Yosi b'shari lanais by other fruit? We only see <coughs> that the Rabban argue on Rabbi Yosi only regarding grapes. At what point can we no longer cut the? fruit, cut the trees on Shemitah, meaning you're going to ruin the fruit. Once they already started, the leaves started growing, that's already considered a Elon, and therefore it has the halacha of la'achla v'la'adahavsin. When they start growing chains, whatever that means, we actually had a very similar Gemara in Brachas, Vagafanin, and the grapes, Mishi Yagriu, when it starts growing the size of a gurua, which we'll see in a moment, Vhazesim Mishi Yanetsu, and the olives, when their small husk starts growing around it, Ushak Halilanis Mishi and all of the trees, when they, when the fruit grows. That's the opinion of Basila. Vi Amaravasi Navasi said, by the way, what does Girua mean? Who baiser, who girua, who pull a love, and it's the same as the white bean. The Gemara says, pull a love and so it's the same, it's, it's the white bean itself. The Mishnah said, Mishiyagriu. Alayma Shiuroi, the size of a baiser, which is the same size, which we called Mishiyagareu, that is Kilpalalav and the size of a white bean. But either way, what Ravasi said, uh, Ravasi said that Mishiyagriu is. Is the uh, is 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 uh, the size of a baiser? Uman shamale the asa the amar baiser in smadalai. Who's the one that holds that when it comes to a grape that became a baiser and that's considered a fruit? But smadar at the younger stage lie. It is not considered a fruit. So who must this opinion be? It can't be Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi holds that we don't care. At any point in the growth of the fruit is considered a peri. It must be the Rabbanon, right? Which is good. So he found the shita that holds that when 
something is small, it's the size of a smadar, it is not considered fruit. It's the Rabbanon. But hold on. What does the Mishnah say? The Katani, yet even in the sheet of the Rabbanon, who hold that grapes that are considered smadar are not considered fruit, that's only by grapes. But Shar Kali Lanois, all other trees, Mishietziu, once the uh, fruit starts coming out, even if it's very small, it's still considered a peri, and it's still considered an elon, right? It's a fruit tree. So you see that there is no shita that holds that the, that small dates are allowed to be, you're allowed to destroy them on uh, shmita. So who could Rabbi Loi go with? Meaning the Gemara's kasha was, Rabbi Loi was cutting this palm tree. And we asked, how could he do it? So he said, we, I, it says, la'achla v'la'lehefzid. So our first tarot was, they aren't fully grown yet, and it's not considered a peri. I, we see Rav Nachman says that that's still considered a peri. No, Rav Nachman was a Rabbi but the Rabbanon argue. I, we found the Rabbanon only argue by an oven, by grapes, but by all other fruits. They hold exactly like Rabbi Yossi. So the Gemara says, you're right. Ella Rabbi Loi, but the Nishani cuts. He was cutting a male palm tree, and the point is, those dates will never get ripe. So maybe the Rabbanon or other Tanam would agree that if they're never going to get ripe, that is not considered a peri. When do we call something a peri when it's small? Because eventually it's going to, it, it typically will grow into a fruit. But the Nishane, those types of palm trees, they never have good fruit. Maybe you're a dairy lulav tree. The dates aren't too good. The, the, the lulav of them are good. So then we would say that it's not considered a uh, destroying fruit because it's never going to be come into, into fruition. Okay. Tanu Rabbanam. We have another Bryce continuing the discussion of beer. Mm-hmm. So we said that halacha is you're allowed to take fruit on Shemitah. The, the fruit is hefker. So anybody can take the fruit, bring it inside, feed it to your animals, feed it to your family. However, once there's beer, once there's no, once there's, uh, no longer any fruit left in the field, as the Pasuk said, so then you have to take your fruit out, and that's called beer, taking your fruit out. So at what point do we have to take it out? So Tanarabban, Eichlum Banavim. You could eat grapes. So until the the uh, the trees, the vines in this place called Eichel have been totally consumed, then then you have to do beer on your grapes. But as long as those there are still grapes around in this town called Eichel, you are still allowed to eat your fruit. Let's say there's another place that still has grapes. I guess they would, you know, post and say, oh, but there's still grapes in uh, the nearby town. And we know from yesterday's daf, as long as it's in the same region, right, there were three different regions. So then Eichel and you can still eat. What about olives? The last olive tree in Tekoya. There's a town called Gushchalov. You could even find it in Israel today. There's a town called Gushchalov. I think. The point is that until an Ani would go out, he's looking for olives. He doesn't find any olives, not in the branches, and not in the you know main part of the tree. The size of a Reva Hakav, you can't even find that. So then we know. Everybody has to bring it out from their house. You got to take out your pickled olives and bring it out and let everybody else eat it. Okay. What about grigrois? You could eat these dried figs until the figs of basine have been consumed. Don't, don't mention pagi basine because that was only mentioned in the base madrash elin in Meister. The town pagi basine, the ahini de tuvina, and the, so meaning the figs of, of basine. And the date of Tuvina Chayav Bemaiser. That's the only time we mentioned we mentioned uh, Pagi, but we never mentioned it regarding 
the, the time of beer for dried figs. Okay. The Brysa continues. You could continue eating dates until the, the town of Tsaya, which is the, the town of dates, when they have don't have any dates left, that's when you know it's time to bring it out. We had this earlier. You could eat as long as there's still some dates, even if they're amongst the branches. But once it's amongst the thorns, so then it's difficult to access it. Then you have to bring out the dates from your home. Okay, so we have a whole list, and this list is really sounds like a very precise uh, timeline. You have to figure out when the last you know, area in your region still has these fruits. And we're just saying the standard, the latest, um, you know, the, the abundance of fruit would be in these, such and such farm, such and such orchard. Okay. Or a mini, I ask you to steer off. And here, the mission is, the, the Bryce is going to bring us calendar dates to figure out when the fruit is done. You can eat grapes or shemitah until the, the Pesach of the eighth year. Because at that point, we'll assume there's nothing left. Until Shavuos. Until Purim. He switches you know, the, the last two, the dates and the, uh, and the figs. Okay. Now, at the end of the day, we have a kasha. One place you gave me a logical time based on the last remaining orchard that still had produce. And then you tell me, it's, you look at the calendar, it depends on the yontif. Hanukkah, Purim, Shavuos, Pesach, what's going on here? So the Gemara says, you know what? It's the same exact year. That's a typical time when, when let's say, you go back to, uh, to the town of Tsoyar. So the town of Tsoyar, they had finished their Tamarim, you know, at Purim or at Hanukkah. So Hachir was the same year. If you look at the original Brisa, the Brysa threw in one line. The Brysa said, by the way, uh, if, if there's something, if there's still left over, even beyond, you know, let's say, Tekaya and Goshalov and, you know, Beishini, according to some shitas, you can still eat, relying on that in a different area of my region, there is still fruit left. So what does that mean? The Brysa was just telling you, what the typical time was, meaning there was one orchard that was like the main orchard, and if they didn't have dates anymore, you could assume that if they're done, everyone else is done as well. But, however, let's say you know for a fact that there's fruits left in a different orchard, no problem, you can still consume it, you don't have to do beer yet. When's the last time that would even be reasonable? Comes another price and tells you the dates no pun intended, right? Until Pesach, until Shavuos, at that point, we should assume that nobody has any fruit left. Okay. Tanya, once we mention different types of uh, areas and different regions, we mentioned there are three, in each region, there are three terrains. You have the mountain, you have the valley, and you have the, uh, the, uh, the, the lowlands. So we have, we're going to add a, another one or two here. Let's see. Tanya, Rabbi Shimon Simen Laharim, how do you know? Let's say you land somewhere. You want to know, am I in the region called Harem, the mountain region? So the simon would be Milan if you see gold nuts. So then you know you're in the mountains, right? What? What, what is it? Milan? Milan is, is gold nuts. If you're in the mountains, you want to know if you're there? 
So you see this, okay? Similar amakim, if you want to know if you're in the valley, to column you see these uh, date trees. Similar nechalim, you want to see if you're in the, uh, by the rivers, kanim, reeds, similar shvela, the lowlands, shikma, the sycamore tree. Va'avapishin, right, ladavar, Zeich Ladavar, there's a Zeich Hashem, the Pasuk says a few times in Tanakh, Ve'etin HaMelech has a Kesev Yerushalayim, Ka'avanim, Ve'esa Arazim, Nasan Kashikma, Hashem HaShvela, right? So you see, Shikma is in the Shvela. Okay, the Gemara's going to ask, what do I care? Very nice, giving me these Simanim, but take out a map and figure out where you are. Similar Haramilin, similar Ambakim, the Kalam Nafkimina, what's the difference? Le Bikurim, regarding Bikurim, why? It's not written in the Mishnah, Ein Mavim Bikurim al Meshivas Aminim. So first of all, you only bring Bikurim from the Shivas Aminim. Not only that, you only bring Bikurim from the seven best fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Additionally, only if they're grown in the best you know, conditions. So the Dekel that's in the Harim, you don't bring. Not fruits from the Amakim, because that's not where they grow best. And therefore... We do not bring Bikurim from there. Now, similar to Chalim Kanim, what I care that the rivers, the simon is a Kanim reed, Nafkamina Lenachal Eisan, because the Torah tells us by the Egla Rufa that you, that you, uh, you, you do, the, you do the, the ceremony by a Nachal. So, how do I know what a Nachal is? Now that you told me Nachal is Kanim, so if I find a body of water and there's Kanim there, there's reeds there, then I could assume it has a din of a Nachal. Okay, one more. Similar Shvela Shikma, Nafkamina Lemekach Memchar. When it comes to sales, you, 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 uh, you purchase land, right? I'll sell you a makam shefela. So that means there's got to be shikma there. If I go and see that there's no shikma there, I could say, hey, then uh, you, what you sold me was a mekach tais. Now the Gemara says, hashat das lachin. Now that we said this is a nafkamina, so kulanami lini mekach hamemchar. So we could say the same thing would apply by mountains, by valleys, by lowlands, you know, by rivers. If you sold it and you don't have these simanim, the person could claim mekach tais. Okay, now let's continue the perak which has been uh, primarily discussing Minhagim. So we move on to the next Mishnah. So just a little introduction. We, we touched upon this in, in Masechta Shabbos. The Chum said you're not allowed to sell a Behem Magasa to a Nachri. You're not allowed to sell a, a guy to a... Sorry, you're not allowed to sell a, a, an animal to a Nachri. Why is that? Lachari, there should not be a problem. I sell him a horse, I sell him a cow, there shouldn't be any issue. So Midrash Rai says there's no problem. Midrash Rabban and they're concerned if I was allowed to sell an animal to an Akhri, I would end up renting or lending an animal to an Akhri. In those days, maybe today as well, Schirus Lake Kanya, that renting it to an Akhri, he doesn't own it, I still own it. Even if, and for sure, if I only lend it to him, I still own it. Who cares that I own it? If my animal works on Shabbos, there's a problem. There's a concept of shvisas behemta. Your animal cannot work on Shabbos. As long as it's your animal, the animal's doing work on Shabbos, you have a problem. So if I sell uh, an ox to a, to, to a nachri, there's no problem. It's not my ox anymore. There's a gzera dirabon, and if I'm able to sell my ox, I would rent the ox. If I rent the ox, it's still mine, because schiris like kanya, especially in those days. And therefore, when the ox is working on Shabbos, it's my behemoth, it's behemtai. So there's a gzera dirabon not to sell behemoth gasa to a nachri. Okay, now, what about Pahimadaka? A sheep, the sheep are not going to be plowing fields. So, Midarai said there's definitely not a problem. What about Midarabanan? We know there's Xera on Pahimagasa. Should there be a Xera on Pahimadaka as well? So, Pashtas, no. So, there was, this was Minhagim. Those that had a minute that they were allowed to sell it because, hey, what am I concerned? That I might end up renting it? Even if I rent it to him, at least it to him, 
he's not going to use it for work on Shabbos. What's he going to do with the sheep? He's going to sit around. He's not going to plow a field with sheep. So therefore, there's no concern. So there, was a, there were places they had a min of limchar, even behemadakal and achram. They were machmer. They said, hey, if we allow people to sell sheep, they'll end up selling cows and oxen and horses. One cannot sell. So it depends on the minog. So makam shnagu limchar. You cannot sell. In any place, there's an Isra Rabbanan to sell Behemagasa, even Agalamusyachim, even the small, younger animals which have not yet fully developed, there's a concern that they're going to grow up. At some point, they're going to grow up, and therefore, light plug. Shleiman, Ushvurim, whether they're in good condition, Ushvurim, even if they're, you know, disabled and they won't be able to do malacha, there's like a light plug here, Xera. Rabbi Yehuda Mater, but sure, says, no, come on, it's like a Xera, Xera. There's a Xera that I can't sell a behemoth gasa because I might end up leasing it and then it'll do work. So what, you're going to make a Xera, Xera that I shouldn't sell even a disabled animal because maybe I would sell a fully enabled animal and then maybe I would actually lease it to him, right? So that's too much, Xera, Xera. So Rabbi Yehuda Mater, Bishura, He's Mako. What? Right, so you could say it's Minog, or you could say, yeah, yeah right, that's the Minog. What? So it doesn't seem like there was a Minog regarding Shura. There was a Minog regarding Bima Daka, right? Which is funny. You can have. The, if, if, the, if the Nachri works with my animal on Shabbos, then I'm over in the Correct. But it's only if it's mine. If I sell it to him, it's not mine. Right, so. Let's work backwards. I'm not a sell. You're telling me I cannot sell my. Disabled ox. Why? Because light plug. You might sell him a fully enabled ox. Right. Even if I sell him the ox, I'm not over anything. Right. I might lease it to him. Right. So it's Xero Xero. Lechaira. He says a similar concept. The horses typically they were just used for riding. Therefore, there's no Isidaraisa for an animal to. Uh, to be carrying a, to be to be uh, walking with an animal with a, with a person on him on Shabbos, so the Messiah was matter Now let's keep going. There's a, there were those places they had a minog to eat tzli on the lel pesach. That there were there were different minhagim. There were those that had a minog that they would either specifically eat roasted meat on, on the um, by the seder. Or at least they had a minog they didn't they didn't care. While others had a minog shaloi lecho one should not eat sli one should not eat roasted meat on the night of Pesach. So if you look in Shulchan Aruch some tough ayin vav he brings down that that's our minog our minog in fact is that we do not eat roasted meat by the night of the seder. So the question is what, what you know what, what's what's included in this right now why is it we're going to see in the Gemara there was a concern that people would think you're eating. Kachim, uh, that this is uh, looks like the carbon pesach. They're going to think, oh, seder night, you're eating your your uh, your carbon pesach. Therefore, we do not eat basar tzli. So, la What's included is anything that's roasted. So, a roasted piece of meat. The shulchan says even chayav aif, which you wouldn't be able to bring as a carbon. Still, people would confuse it. They would they would they would they wouldn't be able to differentiate between what type of meat you're eating. And therefore, again, we look at chicken today. Who would say chicken looks like meat? But back in the day, they didn't have such white meat chicken, a very specific breed of the chicken that we eat today. And you know, depending on how it's prepared, it could look like meat. And therefore, uh, chicken steaks, right? So therefore, one should not eat grilled uh, grilled chicken 
by the night of the Seder. So what does this include? It's anything that's tzli. Tzli means there's no liquid. It's baked, like a baked chicken, grilled chicken. Anything like that would be included in this uh, minog of not eating tzli. I think some of the Yemenites don't have this minog, but for most of the clients, they do not eat busted tzli. To the other extreme, anything cooked, cooked in a, in a liquid medium, meatballs or corned beef or I don't know, whatever else you like, pickled tongue, those types of things, or chicken in a sauce, all those things are mutter because that is considered bishel. That's bishel. And even if you put it in a pot, very nice, even if you put it in a pan and put it in your oven, that's considered bishel. So something we mentioned a few days ago was slikeda, which means pot roast. What does pot roast mean? It doesn't mean you can cook whatever you want, but as far as the gemara is concerned, pot roast means you put the meat or the chicken in a pot and you let it simmer in its own juices. You cook it on low, the juice comes out of the, the bones, whatever you figure out, it's only it's cooking, it's simmering in its own juices. It's called tzlikei there. So what's the halacha? The Aruch HaShokhan says, no problem. Since there's some liquid there, not a problem. The Mishabura is machmer. He says, the final product looks like a pretty dry uh, roast, and therefore there's a maris ayin issue, he says, and one should not eat pot roast by the seder. So if you buy someone's house and they're serving you that, you can, you can rely on the Aruch HaShokhan, that pot roast is fine. Just by the way, someone asked me last year, just listening to my share from last year, what about sous vide? Sous vide for the seder. So on one hand, if, now if you don't put any juice, I think you're supposed to put some sauce or some spices, no? I don't know, I'm not a big uh, sous vide guy. So if you actually put a liquid in there in, in, the, in, the, in the vacuum pack, so then that's bishel because it has, its own, it has liquid. If you don't, then it still has some of its own juices there, so it's probably called sleek hay there. And I, I would argue to say, I would argue and say that even the Mishaburu would agree that's fine. The Mishaburu is saying the reason why Tzlikei there is a problem, the pot roast, even though it has some juice there, is because the final product looks like a grilled steak. But here, it doesn't look like a grilled steak. It looks like a mush, if you ask me. But um, if that's what you like, you like mush. So, um, so uh, it would probably not be a problem of eating roasted meat by the say there. Just an interesting thing, a lot of, uh, a lot of the... Um, our, our uh, other Jews, they eat chopped liver by the Seder. It's like a Seder thing to eat. They eat all types of Jewish food by the Seder. My, my, my mother had a coworker. She used to eat challah, matzah, and corned beef by the Seder. Challah, I don't know, she found challah, or Jewish food. That was her, uh, I mean, anything Jewish that's in the Jewish uh, cookbook, she ate by the Seder. So just if you like chopped liver, so in order to make liver kosher, you have to roast it. It's, it's uh, broiled livers. That's called sli. So can you eat roasted livers by the Seder? Absolutely not. But what if you fry it afterwards? If you deep fry it afterwards, enough oil, gazunta rotif over there. So then the Mishnah says if it's fried or deep fried or cooked after it was roasted, that would be fine. So if you're having a sauteed liver for someone who wants liver by the Seder, that would be fine. Okay, let's keep going. A person is not allowed to say this meat is lepesach, meaning you're purchasing a piece of meat. Don't say I'm buying meat for Pesach, which is halacha. It's also brought down the same simon in Shulchan Aruch. One should not say this is baser lepesach. Some argue that the hashkachas should not write kosher lepesach. It sounds like you're, you're, you're telling them it's, it's kosher for the carbon. So a person should not say I'm buying meat for Pesach. There is a limut on the on the on the veld on the world from Rav Zaman Arbach. He says, "How do we call the yantif? We call it Pesach or Paisach, right? But it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah Pesach. It says Pesach. That's the carbon. It's called the carbon Pesach. 
So maybe we pronounce it wrong to save us from this problem. That we always sing, I'm buying meat for Pesach. Fine, you're allowed to buy meat for Pesach. No one thinks it's a carbon because the carbon was not called Pesach. It was called the carbon Pesach. So <laughs> perhaps it's a Talim uh, Either way, one should not say, Only when it comes to meat. When you're buying wheat, you're buying matzos. There's no problem. You could, in fact, say that I'm buying wheat for Pesach. It means to say you're buying it and making sure that you are not, uh, it's not becoming chametz. So the Gemara says, Really, you can't say I'm buying meat for Pesach? So Titus was a famous fellow from, from Rome. Mikulasim. He was he he uh, had that his community had a practice. They would eat gedi mikulas, which means it looked like a carbon pesach. It was on a roasting spit with the uh, with the insides you know taken out. Buleli psachim. Shochule. The Chama sent him, Malay Titus, if you were not Titus, which sounds like you're a good person, Atta, so Gazanu Alachanid, we put you in Kherim, Sha'ata Machas, so Kachimachutz. You're feeding Klai Yisrael Kachim outside of your Shalayim. So the Gemara says, Kachim, so Kadaita, what? He's feeding them Kachim? Ela'ima, Karev, Lehechaz, so Kachim, because it looks like you're feeding Klai Yisrael Kachim. So what does that sound like? Mikulas, and the only problem was, because it looked like a carbon Pesach. He took a spit and he was roasting it. That's the issue. But Sha'in Mikulas, Lie. As long as it's not Mekdimakos, there is no problem. So why can't I go to my supermarket and say I'm buying a brisket for Pesach? It doesn't look like a Gedimakos. So the Gemara says, no, I mean, when it comes to Mekulos, if it looks like the carbon Pesach, Leishna Amar, Leishna Amar. doesn't make a difference if he said Le Pesach, Pesach, Basar Zeh Le Pesach or not. But Sheena Mekulos, Mekulos, if it's not on a spit, it doesn't look like a carbon Pesach. So then, Perish in, Lai Perish Lai. Depends. If he said, this is my carbon, this is a Pesach, then it's a problem. Lie perish, if you didn't say buses at Pesach, you just bought meat for your Seder, lie, there is no problem. Just by the way, there's a, there's a, a zroya, which is the chicken bone, shake bone, right? Whatever people put on their Seder plate. So that's the minigus to roast it. One should not eat that by the Seder because that is called basar tzli. That is called roasted. Additionally, I think it's a gemara. The gemara later on tells us that you should not point at your, your, uh, the chicken bone by the Seder when you say uh, Pesach, you know, Pesach, Matzamar, don't point at the chicken because the chicken's not the current Pesach. So uh, it looks bad. You're what do you point to? The Matzah and the Mar. Yeah, you shouldn't point to the Pesach. Ayin Bahagada. We did. Look at that Gada. Zoshtet. Even in the yeah. Maxwell House, I think it says. I don't know, yeah. So yeah, Taka person shouldn't do that because cause it looks like you're pointing and saying, is, is that Pesach? Okay. Rav Acha Masnilaha Masnisa Kirab Shimon. Rav Acha said, our mission is like Reb Shimon and not Reb Yaisi. What does this mean? So we're going to see like this. Maskler of Sheshas. Bishlam the man Amar Lak Reb Yaisi Nicha. The Brisa that says that Oichel Gedim Akolos looks like eating Kachim Mebuchot. That fits like Reb Yaisi. Elaman the Masnik Reb Shimon Minicha. Does it fit like Reb Shimon? Meaning, when the Gemara quoted this story of Titus Ishroimi, it said in the name of Reb Yaisi. Now, there are those that said that it wasn't Rabbi Yaisi, it was Rabbi Shimon. And we're going to say, what do you mean? How could it be Rabbi Shimon? I'm going to show you somewhere else in Shas that Rabbi Shimon could not have been the one that said it. Where is this? Tonight, we're looking at a mission like this. So the, the Gemara doesn't bring us the entire mission. No, the point is, someone makes a nether, and he says, I'm bringing a mincha from Sa'irin. The halach is you cannot bring a mincha from barley. The mincha had to be from wheat. So when you say I'm bringing a mincha from sa'irim, the question is like this. Do we go by what you initially said? And you said mincha. <coughs> we'll ignore the last part. Or do we say no, we have to take the entire, 
sentence, whatever you said, we have to take it into, uh, into account. I have a political joke, but I'm going to refrain from saying it. Okay, so Rab Shimon says, Paitrei, since you said, you said the carbon mincha, and you said barley, you're putter, because you can't bring out mincha from, from, from barley, and shaloi hisnadev kedarecham hisnadvin. That's not the way a person brings a carbon. You bring a carbon from minchas chitim, mincha from wheat. You said barley, we take everything you said into consideration. We don't start splitting up your words. We look at the entire paragraph, and you said, you know, the entire sentence, mincha mincha iron. So Rabbi Shimon says, we don't go with what you, with what the beginning, even though you said mincha, too bad. You said barley, loy nadev. So let's kick it back to our Mishnah. If someone says, I'm eating this brisket for Pesach, <laughs> what? The brisket? You can't bring brisket as a carbon. So it can't, it's not Kedarech HaMakdishin, and therefore it can't be, or let's say this is Gedim Akulis, it can't be that, that Rav Shimon is the one that said it. So only Rav Ravashi, according to Rav it's fine. Rav said on that Gemara, Rav Shimon, who says, he holds your potter. He goes with Rabbi Yossi, the Amr Rabbi Yossi holds, that we don't just focus on the beginning of what a person said. We even go, we look at the end. So, my love, with Rabbi Shimon, from the fact that Rabbi Shimon holds Rabbi Yossi, that we have to look at the concluding phrases of what you said. Rabbi Yossi Nami, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yossi also holds like Rabbi Shimon, and therefore Rabbi Yossi would hold. You have to be Nesnadev, Kederach HaMesnadvin. And if you're doing something odd, then there's no Nedda there. So how could Rabbi Yossi be the one that teaches the, the, uh, the Brisa of Titus? Titus didn't do anything wrong. There's no concern by eating a Gedim Akulah that that would be a carbon. You're not in your Shalayim. It's not the way they roasted it. So the Gemara says, light. Rab Shimon, Savalak Rabbi Yossi. Maybe Rab Shimon also Rabbi Yossi, but Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Loi Savalak, Kirab Shimon. Maybe Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Shimon. Let's keep going. Yibaylu, they ask the following question. So this Titus Ishrami, this fellow, Gavar Rabbahava, was he so great, and therefore the Chum didn't want to speak bad against him? Or was he just a, a, a very strong person that didn't want to start up with him? So Tashma, Oizu, Darash, Titus Ishrami, he had another Drush, I mean, he was a Baal Darshan. This week's parsha, my role, Hanani Mishel Vazari, Shemaser Asim Akdusa Hashem, the Kishan Hesh. What did Hanani Mishel Vazari see that they gave themselves over to die at Kedush Hashem and not to bow down to the Salem in by Nebuchadnezzar? So Nasu Kavacharim Atzman. Me, Tsefardim. They looked at the frogs from this week's parsha and they made a Kavacharim. Me, Tsefardim. Shame it's Tsuvin Akdusa Hashem, Ksibuhu, Valu, Bobesecha. So Tsefardim don't have this commandment of. Kedusha Hashem to give up themselves at Kedusha Hashem. Yet, the Pasuk says, they went to Betanarecha, Mishavrisecha, which means they went into the ovens, and they went into these mixing uh, bowls. Emesai, Mishavris, Mitsuiz, Etzatanar. When is the, uh, you know, the proofing bowl? When is it next to the oven? Have the oven Mishavrisecham, when the oven is hot. So they basically gave themselves up, Lemisa, to fulfill the will of God. So Anu, Shemitsuvanak Kedusha Hashem, which means Pasha, we, we should not be bowing down to it, Salem. Look at Toysus here, look at Toysus in Ksubis, what exactly this means. What, if there was really a Zara, wouldn't they be Chayev too? But the point is, we're not Mechoyev to, we, we, we were Mechoyev on the concept of Kiddush Hashem, we should jump into the fire and give up our lives rather to to, uh, to bow down to the Tzelem. Rabbi Yaisi bar Avin Omar, Matam Eloi Lekishat Who is this person, Titus? He put, uh, 
he, he either did business or he gave money, he donated money to Tamid Chamim Haya, and therefore, he will sit in Ganeidin, Shnamaki, Betzela, Chachman, Betzel, Ha Kasef. So, those that support Tamid Chamim, they will get into the, the, uh, the VIP room of the Tamid Chamim in Gan Eden. Okay, another Mishnah. So there were different minhagim regarding lighting a ner, lighting a candle in one's home on the night of Yom Kippur. We'll see in the Gemara what the point of this is. So if that's your minog, madlikim, that's a good minog, you should do it. In madlikim, that's also a good minog. So there's two minhagim, each one has its own reason. However, madlikim, about the knesias, about the midrashas, you should light the ner, light candles for Yom Kippur in the shuls and about the midrashas. Some learn from here, there's always an Indian of lighting candles in the base knesses. By the Hasidim, they're very makbid on this. But it's brought down in Shachanarach. Shachanarach talks about there's an Indian of having candles by the, uh, by the Ambud. So some have electric uh, menorahs, which is fine. It's all good. Obama voice, Ha'afelim, these dark alleyways. We know from Sech Shabbos, one of the reasons why we like candles is for Shalom Bayez. People shouldn't be tripping, looking for their shoes, right? And for sick people, to make sure there's people, people have light to be able to attend to them. So that has nothing to do with the minog. And, and everywhere, they should be lighting these candles before Yom Kippur. So what is going on here regarding this minog, lahalik ner? They all had kavana for the same thing. What does it mean? They all had kavana for the same thing. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi explains that one of the chamesha sinuyim on Yom Kippur is there's an isra of Tashmash Shemitah, the isra of having relations with one's wife. So we can think of two logical ideas when it comes to the, to the candle. So maybe you should keep the candle on in one's bedroom. So therefore, there's an Isser, Simon Reish Mem, in Archaim, Rehilchatsniyas, of Tashmish Arhaner. so people would be reminded to refrain from it. Or, don't have candles, and therefore people can't see their spouse, and there's no taiva, they can't see them, and therefore, it will help them refrain from Tashmish Shemitah. But the point is, both of these minhagim had good reason, and since each one had its reason, they're both fine. So figure out your minog, and you should do that minog. So by the way, the Shulchan Aruch writes, based on this concept, that we start, according to the Magan Ram at least, many of the harchakas that we are knowing when a, woman, when, a, when a person's wife is Anida, he should have the same hanhagas on him Kippur. Very interesting uh, halacha, but it's the, it's a, it looks like it's a Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says they can't sleep in one bed, but the Magan Ram throws in a lot of the classic harchaka is of passing things and you would think I'm Kippur, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the Pesach and the Magan Avram, based on this Gemara that we see how concerned Chazah were. By the way, there was a debate in, in Masech Yuma if the Chamesh Yisinuim is a Din Daraisa or Din Darabaran. Achila is definitely an Issa Daraisa, right? We learn out that's talking about specifically Achila, for sure there's a Chiv Kares. However, what about the other Inuyim? So it's Machlekes. So it's a good riot from our Gemara that you have all these Minhagim, so Pashas would be in Isidaraisa. Why would we have all these Minhagim of candles if the whole thing was only in Isidarabanan of Tasha Shemitah? That's in fact how we paskin that the Chamesh Sinuyim do in fact come with the Isidaraisa. There's no Kares, but it is an Isidaraisa to, uh, to wear shoes, to wear shoes on uh, Anim Kippur. The Machabra Paskins, let's say in Tishabav, a person has a. Um, I know, we're going to get to minhagim of working on Tisha B'av. Let's say you're working in Tisha B'av afternoon and you have a business meeting. You can't walk in there with Crocs. Are you allowed to wear shoes? So he says in a place where there's, where there's uh, the Mishra explains, if there's a, 
issue of Kavad Abrius, you're allowed to put on shoes. On Yom Kippur, he says you can't. Now, it wouldn't be a business meeting, it would be a different type of situation. Let's say you're a doctor, you're running to, you have an emergency call, and now you have shoes in your locker, and you feel like I, I should be wearing shoes in the hospital, not wearing my Crocs, although a lot of doctors wear Crocs. But on Yom Kippur, he wouldn't be able to. Why? Because the Mishra Rupaski is Yom Kippur's, and this is the Raisa. When it comes to the Surah Raisa, we don't care about Kavad Abrius, right? However, Tishavav is only an Isidurabanan regarding wearing shoes, and one could be make over Makim Tsar or Makim Kavarabrias. Okay, let's just do one more, uh, conclude this Gemara, Amrav Yeshua, Dara Shrava, Vamech Kulum Tadikim, Loelam Yeshuaretz, which means everyone is doing the right thing. Bain Sharmalahadlik, Bain Sharmu Shalalahadlik, Shneim Leniskavnu, Elaladavar Echad, they had Kavana for the same issue of, of the, uh, the Chamesh Zinim of Tashmish, and therefore, Laharchik is Adam and Avera, so therefore both of these Menhagim. Are good. So much tomorrow's daf. Once you mention light, you know candles in Yom Kippur. We have a daf that talks about making havdala. Much Yom Kippur, much How come we don't make How come we don't make a bracha on Aish on Yantif? Much Yantif, you don't make a bracha on Aish. Why not? So we'll see that in tomorrow's daf. Be Ezra Hashem.